pale and well met. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Evident. I am Alyssa, and due to busy schedules and the time sensitivity of today's topic, I am by myself today. And if there's any audio issues, just keep in mind I'm recording from home today, so please give grace for that area. But without further ado, let's get started in today's topic. Now, if you're like me, and like to scroll through Daily Wire's content for cultural updates. I often do this through Instagram, through YouTube Shorts, through Candace Owens' show, things like that. You might have an inkling into what today's topic is going to be surrounding. There are three stories focusing on the transgender movement that are vitally important to discuss, and these three individuals are going to be talked about on today's episode, but for totally different reasons. You might be wondering why we have another episode dedicated to the transgender issues. The reason why is because this movement has devastating effects, and we at Self-Evident would be remiss if we did not address these issues and events from a biblical worldview. Our mission is to speak truth in love, as Ephesians 4.15 commands, and that, by implication, means that we have a duty to use our platform in a way that speaks truth to cultural issues that are happening in our generation. And the transgender issue is not going away. In fact, it's getting worse. With that being said, the first story I would like to discuss is the rising fame of a man named Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is a rising star and is becoming the face of the transgender movement. Throughout the past year, Dylan launched a TikTok series in March of 2022 called Days of Girlhood, which logged his transition from a 25, now 26-year-old man into a girl, not a woman, a girl. Now, if, if you're like me, this gives you pause that he is so specific about wanting to be a girl. The culmination of this Days of Girlhood TikTok series led to a 365-day show in the infamous Rainbow Room at the Rockefeller Center on March 13th of this year, which celebrated his one-year anniversary of being a girl. Of course, the irony of this is that when actual biological women celebrate their first anniversary of being a girl, they are actually only one years old. I don't remember my first birthday party. I don't even know if I had a birthday party. And I'm never going to remember either way unless someone took a photo of it. I digress. Let's go back to what Dylan Mulvaney identifies as. It's clear if you go on his TikTok and Instagram account that his transition journey is into a girl. Days of Girlhood was his series. And if you look on his Instagram, he literally dresses like a little girl. I'm not making this up. Now, we used to live in a society that would look at someone with a fetish like this and say, that this was perverted, that he should not have a platform to influence young people, and that, you know what, he probably shouldn't be around young children for their safety. In my opinion, there is nothing more creepy about a man than when he, as a 26-year-old, dresses up like a little girl and pretends to be one. This, this is just creepy, objectively creepy. But as you know, the left celebrates this. He's so brave. He's so beautiful as a girl. No, he's not. Okay. Now you might be wondering if I have a ready example of this, if I'm just making this up. And I promise you, 
I'm not. This behavior is normal for him. And I do have an example for you if you were ever in doubt. In a recent TikTok video, Dylan dresses up like Eloise, a character from the fun-loving Disney movie Eloise at the Plaza. But here's the kicker. Eloise is a six-year-old girl. Dylan's video features him dressing up like this character and prancing around a plaza hotel room. Dylan is 26 and a man, may I remind you, and he's dressing up like a six-year-old girl. You can also find this TikTok video on YouTube if you don't have TikTok. I don't have TikTok, so I find a lot of this on YouTube shorts. Um, if this doesn't make it even more clear, Dylan clearly has a fetish towards being a little girl. Now, I feel like it's appropriate to biblically lay out why this is a problem. A lot of conservatives talk about the problem and why it's an issue. However, they fail to have a strong foundation on the true why of this being an issue. And here's, here's the true why. Why do we as conservatives, we as Christian, specifically Christian conservatives, why do we hold the positions that we do? It's because of scripture. Abortion is murder because God says it's murder. It's not murder because I think it's murder. It's murder because God says so. In relation to this issue, scripture is very clear that God made mankind male and female. Genesis 1, 26 to 27 clearly lays this out. And Jesus Christ quotes this Old Testament verse in Matthew 19, 4 and Mark 10, 6, which further authenticates this biological and cosmic truth. Dylan Mulvaney is in direct opposition and rebellion towards who God made him to be, which is male. He's not, he's not a girl. He's a male. Paul in Romans 1 lays out what happens to individuals when they constantly rebel against the Lord and his authority over their lives. And one of the symptoms of this deep-rooted rebellion is sexual degradation. It is the ultimate rebellion against nature. I believe that Dylan Mulvaney is a perfect example of someone who has rebelled against God so deeply that he is willing to mutilate his own body. To make matters worse, Dylan Mulvaney, before his transition into a girl, was a fantastic Broadway singer. Dylan Mulvaney's 365-day show was a musical type of show with many new musical numbers that he sang, including trans versions of Part of Your World from Disney's The Little Mermaid and Sisters from the beloved film White Christmas. Throughout his musical performance, it becomes very clear that whatever hormonal drugs and cross-sex hormones that he's on, these have completely ruined his beautiful tenor voice. In his efforts to be a soprano, in his efforts to be a little girl, he has destroyed the talent that God has given him. And this is tragic. This is not something to celebrate as conservatives or to say, I told you so. This is a tragedy. It is an absolute tragedy that Dylan is willing to throw his God-given talent for music and singing away. He's willing to sacrifice all of this on the altar of self-gratification and self-exaltation, the idol worship of self. Little does he know this world and his fantasies will never be able to satisfy him because only Christ can satisfy the deepest longings of the heart.
This leads into our next story, which is about Jazz Jennings, who is reaping the bitter consequences of the gender-affirming surgeries that Dylan is eagerly awaiting. This leads into our next story, which is about Jazz Jennings, who is reaping the bitter consequences of the gender-affirming surgeries that Dylan is eagerly awaiting. In other videos, he makes it very clear that he can't wait until he's been on these hormonal drugs for enough time because he wants to get these surgeries. On the one hand, you have Dylan Mulvaney, who is relatively new to the transition process as he started it a little over a year ago. It might be like day 370 or whatever of him being a quote unquote girl. On the other side of the issue, we have Jazz Jennings, who started his transition, well, more like his mom started his transition, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, he started his transition with hormone blockers when he was only 11, 11 years old. If you don't know who Jazz Jennings is, he and his family first appeared on TLC when they were given a TV show called I Am Jazz. This show, which aired in July of 2015, featured Jazz's transition journey and his difficulties as one of America's youngest people to identify as transgender. And back to the mom and the hormone blockers and his transition process, according to an interview Jazz had with ABC News, quote, when I was two years old, I went up to my mom and asked her, when is the good fairy going to come with her magic wand and change my penis into a vagina? Now, if this statement gives you pause, it should. That, that means you're normal. I used to nanny a two-year-old boy, and let me tell you, two-year-olds do not talk like this. In fact, they're still learning to talk. I think you would fail to find a two-year-old who can even say these words. This is a complex sentence with a lot of syllables, and I highly doubt that a toddler who is still running around in diapers has the mental cognition to say this. I don't know. Something tells me that Jazz's mom, Jeanette, is the one that decided that her son was always meant to be a girl. And I think that this is how the journey started when he was two years old. Little two-year-old. Absolutely tragic and abusive. Now, if you follow the TLC show at all, you know the medical trauma that has ensued because of this transition with the doctors who were medically experimenting on Jennings. A People Magazine article logs the conversation that took place with Jennings's doctors, Dr. Marcy Bowers, who will come up later in the episode, and Dr. Jess Ting. This appeared on season six of the TV show. I can't remember the episode, but Dr. Ting admits, quote, taking Jazz on as a patient for surgery, we knew it was going to be a one-of-a-kind surgery. We don't have the experience of having said we've done 50 of these. I was just not expecting her to have a complication as severe as what she did, end quote. Fast forward to 2023. Jazz Jennings is chronically overweight. He can't lose weight. He has an open wound with what is supposed to be his vaginal graph. Now, if, if you don't know what that is, it's an open wound that's supposed to pass as a female vagina, but obviously it doesn't because Jazz Jennings is a biological male, so he has an open wound. And his body is sexually damaged for life. 
he as a biological male has never had post-puberty levels of testosterone. He's never gone through puberty as a male because of the hormonal drugs that he was put on at age 11. So because of the damage done to his body through these puberty blockers and through these cross-sex hormones, he will never be able to experience sexual satisfaction. By all accounts of this, Jazz's body has been butchered by his doctors and at his parents' approval. I think Jazz is beginning to see this. In a recent episode, Jazz has an emotional breakdown to his mom when he states the following, quote, I just want to feel like myself. All I want is to be happy and feel like me, and I don't ever feel like me ever, end quote. But like a good gender-affirming parent, Jazz's mom, quote-unquote, encourages Jazz to keep going through with the entire process. In response to Jazz stating that he can't get out of his head, his mom pushes back and tells him not to put a magnifying glass on his mental state, that that will make things worse. Now, if this isn't the perfect time for a detransitioning process to be announced, I don't know what is. You would think that even a progressive parent would at least allow for the process to be put on hold, at the very least, to say, you know what, I see you, let's just take a break. But no, she doesn't do that. She tells him to keep going, that if he keeps going, that'll make him happier. Jazz is obviously unhappy because for over a decade, before his puberty journey started, he has been lied to and affirmed in his confusion. He has been denying his God-given biology. No wonder he's unhappy. No wonder his mental state is spiraling and he's having mental breakdowns in almost every episode. WPATH, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, held a meeting to talk about the age limit for puberty blockers. And this is relevant to Jazz Jennings in just a second. Included in this meeting is a commentary on the sexual damage that Jazz and others have experienced. In a September 2022 article, Redux gave the following rundown of the business meeting and Redux did an excellent job. They, as a resource, will be linked in the description box and on the website. The rundown goes like this, quote, the World Professional Association for Transgender Health or WPATH has released a finalized version of their updated standards for care guidelines or SOC 8. Among the recommendations include reducing the age at which children can receive puberty blocking drugs and cross-sex hormones to nine years old. Age restrictions on surgical interventions have also been relaxed. In a change from previous protocols, no specific minimum age is recommended as a cutoff point. There's no minimum age. No minimum. WPATH had previously issued specific guidance on age. Hormone treatments were recommended from 14 years old and up, cosmetic mastectomies at 15 or older, breast augmentation and facial feminization surgeries at 16 and up, and 17 and up for surgeries of the reproductive system, like hysterectomies. They had also recommended an age of 18 and up for phalloplasties, the surgical creation of a non-functioning penis. But on September 15th, WPATH abruptly issued a correction, 
removing those specific age guidelines. You can't find it on their website anymore. Despite growing criticism and concern over the medicalization of gender non-conforming children. The new criteria are raising concerns on subjectivity as they appear to open the door for clinicians to halt a child's puberty, place them on cross-sex hormones, or offer surgical dependence once they have reached the period of development referred to as Tanner stage two, which occurs between nine and 11 years of age. The decision to limit child medical transition to Tanner stage two seems to have been at the behest of current WPATH president, Marcy Bowers. Where have we heard that name before? Oh yeah, that's one of Jess Jennings's doctors. Earlier this year, Bowers, who is a trans identified male, stated in a panel discussion for Duke University that, quote, an observation that I had, said Bowers, every single child who was or adolescent who is truly blocked at Tanner stage two, which is the beginning of physical development when hormones begin their work of advancing a child to adulthood, quote, has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's really about zero, end quote. If you watch the interview, it is very interesting to note that there are seven doctors, seven people in this panel, completely fine with these types of drugs, even though they destroy normal human sexual function. Everyone's fine with it, I guess. You see the, the other people on the panel, they're just nodding along. Yep, cool. Sexual degradation of the human body, totally fine. This is debased, evil and abusive in every way. Yet, if you are against this, of course, you're called transphobic. You're unloving. Love is affirming fantasies. Love is affirming human mutilation of our own bodies. That's what love is, according to the left. But scripture has a lot to say about those who prey upon the weak. And I think it's really important to have a lot of these scriptural references in mind when we look at doctors like this who are perfectly fine with butchering children in the name of love. Jeremiah 21:12. O house of David, thus says the Lord, execute justice in the morning and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. Lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of your evil deeds. Proverbs 12:10. A righteous man has regard for the life of his animal but even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. Proverbs 30, 14. There is a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw teeth like knives to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. So what's the believer's duty? What are we supposed to do when we see doctors like this, when we see organizations like this who are totally fine with the demolishment of the human body to children? This used to be 18 and up, like we just read. This used to be a 14 and up thing. Not saying that's any better, but no minimum age now. Like I said, you can't find it on the website. There's no minimum age to start any of this. What, what's a believer's duty? Isaiah 117a commands believers to learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression. And the ultimate way we do this is we speak truth and love. We stand up against this. We protect children. We stop at any point possible to the ability that we have. We stop bills like this. That's why we vote. 
That's why voting is important, because bills like this are coming to Illinois. We have a co-ed gender restroom, multiple occupancy restroom bill that's in the making right now. We need to file witness slips against this. We need to say no to this movement continuing to break our society, to prey upon our children. We need to say no. And of course, we point people to Christ because as Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He is the one who is able and ready to deliver the oppressed. Ultimately, these people need Christ and the hope and healing that his gospel brings. This leads into our final story, which is about a woman named Chloe Cole, who realized that everything the transgender movement promised was a lie, and she bears the scars of these lies. Chloe Cole struggled with gender dysphoria at around age 12, which started her total transition journey. This resulted in puberty blockers and testosterone at age 13, and a double mastectomy at only 15 years of age. She ended up stopping the transition journey at age 16 and is in recovery. In a Tucker Carlson interview, Chloe Cole states, quote, as an adult, I will never be able to breastfeed whatever children I will have. I don't even know if because I was put on puberty blockers and testosterone at only 13 years old, I don't know if I'll be able to conceive a child naturally. I made an adult decision as a child. Later in the interview, she reveals that she is suing the doctor that performed her surgery because she wants to end these surgeries altogether. And more power to her. I hope she wins her lawsuit. In a Jordan Peterson interview, Chloe tearfully says, quote, I'm experiencing sexual dysfunction at the age of 18. That's something that women usually go through when they're in their 40s to 50s. How was I supposed to know? Chloe's story is tragic, but it does give hope that many people are seeing the danger and devastation that gender surgeries and hormonal treatments bring. This is what the transgender movement is doing. It's preying upon the confused and the scared. It's oppressing the weak and the vulnerable. It is destroying lives. I pray that Chloe Cole comes to know the Lord as her savior, because as I say previously, Christ is the only one who can bring ultimate healing, hope, and peace. Psalm 9-9 says that the Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Laura Perry is a woman that embodies the truth of Psalm 9-9. She lived as a transgender man for nine years, undergoing hormonal treatments, a double mastectomy, chest reconstruction, the removal of her uterus, the removal of her ovaries and her legal name change to Jake. Her testimony recounts the way in which Christ redeemed her and called her out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Her story is amazing. Her testimony is powerful. I would encourage you all to read it and it will be listed in the description box and it will be linked on our website. I think that all of these stories conclude this episode. I hope that in the midst of this heavy subject, you see the hope that many are seeing the evil of the transgender movement and are seeking to speak out and protect those who are caught in the lies, protect those who are being pushed, protect those who are confused about their identity, about who they are. People like Chloe Cole, who is suing her doctor. People like Laura Perry, who has a beautiful Christ-centered testimony of how the gospel brings healing and hope. If you are a Christian, Christ has given you an identity as his child, and you can rest knowing that he made you wonderfully. He made you with purpose. Go read Psalm 139. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your gender is not a mistake. God does not make mistakes. 
and he did not make a mistake when he made you. If you are interested in learning more about this subject, all of the cited sources will be listed on our website at selfevidentpodcast.com when our podcast is published, and feel free to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until we meet again, let us firmly rely upon the protection of divine providence. As John 10.10 says, and this is Jesus speaking, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Thank you for listening. This is Self-Evident.